Federal News Network's Open Season Hotline, presented by GEHA. Today's question, my spouse has good family coverage from her employer and no premium. Is there any downside to me dropping out of the FEHB program? No, 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 no. Stay in the FEHB. That's because after retirement, you're not allowed to remain in the program without five years of continuous prior enrollment. Your spouse's plan will end at retirement, and then what? The Checkbook Guide recommends joining a high-deductible plan and keeping a health savings account, even if you rely mainly on your spouse's coverage for medical care. Check out our Open Season Hotline presented by GEHA. Head to federalnewsnetwork.com and search Open Season Hotline. Send us your questions. We'll read answers daily at 6 past the hour here on The Federal Drive. In the final stretch of preparations for the 2020 count, the Commerce Department's Inspector General says the Census Bureau systems failed to meet peak recruiting demands, a claim the Bureau disputes. The IG found systems for hiring and payroll were unable to perform at the scale needed. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman joins me with more on the 2020 operations. Jory, what did the IG say exactly about census? The IG found that during testing this summer, the Bureau went through stress tests for two of its systems related to payroll and hiring, and they did not pass several phases of the testing for peak operations next year. And that's um, that's particularly troubling, the IG found, because peak hiring operations will happen in January of 2020. So that leaves them with very little time to remediate these deficiencies that they found. This was the Decennial Application Personnel and Payroll System, or DAPS, and the Census Hiring and Employment Check, check. So these two systems are used to get the enumerators in and other temporary staff they need just for the 2020 count. And so what does that say about their ability to get the people they need by 2020? Do they have the people, but the systems don't work? Or is the systems not working kind of a blockage to getting the people in? Well, it's really an intersection of those issues. The Census Bureau needs to bring 2.7 million applicants through its processing just to get ultimately as many as half a million employees who will be carrying out these activities. Yeah, so they have to screen everybody. They can't just hire everyone that shows up and says, I want to work for the Census Bureau. And what did the Bureau have to say about all this? The Bureau doesn't dispute these findings from the IG. It does dispute the timeliness of those findings to the present day. Uh, A lot of this testing was done over the summer, and the IG basically gave a snapshot of how things were going in the summer, but it really does speak to how quickly things are going now that these deficiencies are being reported. And then to present day, the Bureau is saying that these are remediated, that all these issues have been been figured out, and that they're no longer really relevant to uh, here and now. So they say they're okay, basically, the Bureau. They're all straightened out, according to the Bureau. And do we know, are these commercial systems that they adopted, or is it something developed for census? Because it seems like a temporary payroll system is something, there's probably a hundred cloud suppliers that have that. So the systems, particularly DAPs, these were systems that were actually used in 2010 for that decennial count. And so uh, those in that case were commercial solutions. And so um, that kind of added to the confusion from the Census Bureau in the response to this IG report of these systems have been used in the past, even in a, in a count where there was more personnel being brought on board temporarily. And so they were a little caught off guard to say these systems worked in the past. They should work fine now. Interesting. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. And what about the issue itself that they have to screen two and a half million people to come up with a half a million? How far along are they there if those people are going to start working a few days after Christmas? In speaking with GAO to get a sense of where things are, 
Uh, the current headcount is that they have about 1.1 applicants uh, in the pool of folks that they'll then eventually make job offers to. 1.1 million. 1.1 million out of out of the 2.7 figure, 2.7 million figure that we discussed, and ultimately they may hire as many as half a million as we discussed, but they may actually get by with as many as 230,000. That speaks to some of the efficiencies they've been able to gain through some of the new technology that they've deployed for this count. And there's a lot riding those technologies where um, if they do work, that speaks to a great case study for future counts. And if it doesn't, then in a lot of cases, they may have to go back to the drawing board and rethink of how future censuses are, are done. Well, the more they can automate, I guess, the fewer people they need. But on the other hand, the country is bigger and there's dozens and dozens of hundreds of neighborhoods that did not exist 10 years ago. All they have to do is drive out any one of these routes leading away from Washington into northern Virginia or into Maryland. Right. Well, specifically to that, that was a big victory for the Census Bureau with their address canvassing where they just wrapped up on that in October. And that's just getting uh, a master list of all the addresses that they will have to send forms to early next year. And in that, they were able to use a lot of geospatial data from other agencies to, to your point about new developments and new addresses, uh, get a lot of that work done before anyone even left the office to knock on those doors and get those addresses. And they could go to Florida and count all the public's grocery stores and then multiply by a thousand. And that's how many people there are. It seems like every time there's a thousand new people, there's a Publix. Anyway, with respect to the count itself, then, is the general consensus of the IG, and there's been some GAO reports on this also. Are they ready for what launches early next year? There are certainly a lot of eyes on this between the GAO and the IG, but the consensus is that they are ready to go for operations. Um, there is some fine-tuning along the way, but there's there's no kind of crisis moment at this point. Um, the systems more or less are there. The The hiring more or less is there behind on some things, but they're making up for it in other areas. Now, they have yet to mail to all the households the Internet special one-time code that you need to be able to go on the Internet and fill out your form. Those will happen early in January also? We'll see those actually in March is when most people will get the postcard that says either we'd invite you to sign up for responding to the census through the Internet or – For areas where there's uh, low internet connectivity, they'll just get the paper questionnaire right away. And that's based on some consumer information that the the Bureau is privy to. Got it. So the operation officially starts January 1st, but it sounds like there's a big ramp up. And the peak of the counting is later in the spring? Absolutely. There's a big ramp up in January. Uh, The Bureau officially kicked off its hiring uh, in October. It's big push to get just the, the critical mass of people through that system and as the IG and the GAO has looked at, uh, just making sure there's no bottlenecks in that system of, you know, if they all sign up to want to work for the census now that they, they have, you know, not latency problems of getting everyone through that system. Well, things have changed. I have the census form, a facsimile of it from when my mother was a girl in Washington, D.C. in 1940. And it was a big spreadsheet, that is to say a, a paper spreadsheet with columns and rows and written in beautiful pen writing by some enumerator that went door-to-door, counting everyone, even in the inner cities like D.C., and that was inner city even back then. So things have changed. It's all Internet and all all reckoning and all mail, and but yet every no's got to be counted individually, doesn't it? Yes, yes. So everyone, you know, there are some new high-tech things going on here, but at the end of the day, it's the same old mission that dates back, uh, you know, centuries. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman, thanks so much. 
Thanks, Tom. Check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Pop quiz. What can you buy for $3.99? Not a latte. But for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get all your favorite music ad-free. While other streaming services jack up their prices, Live One's membership is only $3.99 per month. And you can lock in that price for a full year. Join now to get the best deal in music with zero ads, unlimited skips, and maximum audio quality. Get the music you love at a price that fits into your budget with Live One Plus. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. What will it take to conserve 10 billion acres of ocean, 1.6 billion acres of land, and over 600,000 miles of river? What will it take to protect and restore natural habitats in over 70 countries around the world and in all 50 states here at home? What will it take? You. Together, we will make it happen. It's in our nature. See how your gift can help at nature.org. The Nature Conservancy. Protecting nature, preserving life.